Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. How come the place is all locked up? Windows are shut. How is that person there? You're listening to The Ghost Files, the podcast where everyday people share their extraordinary stories about the spirit world. My name is Karina Machado. I'm a journalist who spent more than a decade sharing stories about the spirit world through my books, Spirit Sisters, Where Spirits Dwell, and Love Never Dies, as well as my podcasts, Spirit Sisters, and now this show, The Ghost Files. Our story today takes place 60 years ago, but it remains fresh and vivid in my guest's mind. June Johnston is an 81-year-old lady who had a life-altering experience when she lived on her family farm in Albany, Western Australia. Asleep in her bed, she woke to an astonishing sight. What you're about to hear is a peek into a dark moment in our country's past. A story that, all too sadly, continues to reverberate in the present time. June joins me now from Western Australia to share her story. And remember, I always love to hear from the audience. So if you have a story to share, please write to me on Facebook and Instagram at Karina Machado Author or email me at karinamachado at optusnet.com.au. Now over to my conversation with June. Welcome to the Ghost Files, June. Thank you. My own story starts 60 years ago. Wow, so we're about to go back in time to 1959, is that right? Is my maths right, June? Uh, yes, <laughs> a little bit, yes, okay. Um, probably looking back, it's like my daughter was born in 61, so it's then. Okay, okay. So this encounter might be all these decades ago, but it's seared in your memory. Now, before you tell us about it, please fill us in on what life was like for you back then. What stands out about that era and how different it was to today? Well, it was very different. Uh, we lived on a farm. It was my father's farm. He had shifted and we had come from the eastern states. So from not from renting, he said, come to the farm and it's it's free and you can bring up the children as long as you're there. And my husband and I had shifted out to this southwest farm from a little town about four miles out. Do you remember the name of the town, June? Oh, yes, it was Albany. Oh, that's right. Yes, yes. Okay. What were the, the circumstances of your life personally at the time the encounter took place? Uh, no, nothing really, except we had a two-year-old son and I, and we had a daughter, four weeks old. Okay. So, of course, I had the bassinet beside the bed because, as you know, little babies wake up. Yes. On the feet, <laughs> cry. 
<laughs> and it was early morning because we had no lights. We had a generator my father used to start up about five o'clock in the afternoon and then it'd go off about nine and if you didn't have a candle or a torch, you were in the dark. Wow, okay. okay. Um, we were asleep, my husband and I in a double bed in this house that had been uh, lived in before but very, very old. And who was living in the farmhouse at the time? You, you mentioned you, your husband, your newborn and your toddler and your dad, anybody else? No, no my dad and mum lived elsewhere. They had bought a, a business on the highway so they had a, a unit there. Okay, so it was just your young family living in the house at this point. Yes, that's right. There were a lot of animals around like geese and chooks and there were cows that mooed all night. But anyway. And just describe the farmhouse for us a little bit more, June. It was very old. It, I mean, it would have been built maybe in in the 30s, early 30s. It had a very old kitchen. I had a veranda with a um, bathroom on at the end. It had two bedrooms, uh, lounge room. Uh, we were in one bedroom. My grand- and my son was in the, the next room Okay, asleep. And apart from that, um, it, it was very isolated because we were um, about half a mile from the near the roadway, okay. which, was, which was a farm road. Okay. So... Tell us what happened. I was asleep. Uh, My daughter was asleep beside me. Everyone was asleep. And I suddenly woke up. I don't know what woke me. I thought at first it was maybe the baby, but she wasn't moving. The the son in the next room wasn't moving. It was very quiet. It was like dawn. There was no, not a lot of light around. And I I saw this man standing at the end of the bed. Uh, He had had a gun, but it wasn't pointing at me. It was across his chest as if he was holding it. He had uh, like a farm hat on, like a farmer would wear. He had a shirt, sleeves rolled up kind of, uh, trousers. I couldn't see his feet. Mm Mm-hmm. And he stood. He just stood there, and I thought, "Oh, that's strange. I'm not dreaming. I'm awake because I've looked to see if the baby's crying or you know fidgeting." Yeah. And he just stood there for for a while, and I I couldn't move. I couldn't couldn't speak to my husband. I just was fixed. <laughs> was All he... of a sudden, he disappeared. Oh my goodness, June. Was he looking at you? Yes. He was looking straight at me and I thought, well, that's odd. The geese haven't made a noise. There's, there's, there's no light. There's no noise from the road. How come the place is all locked up? The windows are shut. How, how is that person there? So, and then all this, yeah, he's just disappeared. And you, so was your initial thought that he was an intruder? No, mm. I did. I don't know what I thought. Well, I, I knew. Well, I thought I knew that nobody could get in. The place was locked. Windows were shut. Normally, if there was anyone coming up the drive, the geese would cackle and dog would bark. Right. Yeah. 
And there was nothing. It was just silent. Did he appear like a solid person, like a flesh, as if a flesh and blood person was actually standing there? Or was there any transparency about him? Well, I don't think there was any transparency because behind behind him would have been a wardrobe with a, a mirror, but it wasn't right where he was. But I, it just, just seemed like it was something. But there was no light around him, only the light from the window. Okay. And how tall do you think he was and what age did he seem to be? I would have said he was in his maybe 50s. Uh, if I was lying down, he just seemed to be uh, a bed length away. So I, I considered he'd be about more 5'11", maybe. Okay, so he was very close and quite a tall man. But did you feel afraid? No, no, I didn't. I, I really was just amazed. I thought, that's odd. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and you mentioned, June, that you you couldn't say anything to your husband lying next to you and you couldn't move. Is that right? Yeah, I just felt, I felt as if I, I was, yes, I just felt, as, you know, not, not paralysed, but I just, I was amazed, but I just, I just looked. <laughs> it's hard to explain. I'm sure it is, but you're doing a really lovely job of, of, um, recounting this moment for us. And then you said he just disappeared. Was it a case of him just vanishing or did he sort of fade out? He just he just kind of yeah, it just kind of vanished. I, I don't even remember that he faded out. It, it, he was there and then he wasn't. Wow. And how did you feel when he disappeared? Uh it it didn't worry me really. I thought, oh Okay, well, I'm not sure what that's all about. And uh, that was kind of it. <laughs> Did you get any sense that he was communicating anything, that there was any message that he was there to give you? No, he he, he wasn't smiling. He, he wasn't angry. He just, it was just a face looking at me and a man, you know, a, a body, a person. A person looking at you. did you do after this happened and you know did you go back to sleep or did you stay awake I did go back to sleep I thought well the baby's not crying the little my son's still asleep my husband's next to me well that's all right I think I might have said to him oh something about a a face a a person and he said oh okay go back to sleep (laughs) (laughs) so I yeah no I just I, I just think I went back to sleep. So you must have been quite comfortable then. Like, so it didn't. It's just so interesting that you saw a stranger by the end of your bed holding a rifle. I think. Yes. Yeah. But he wasn't pointing it at me yeah, or anyone. Yeah. He was just holding it. Okay. So then, what happened the next day? Uh, well, the next day or so. I think, or it might have been the next day, I saw my father. He used to come up to the farm, see if the cattle were all right. And I said to him, Dad, I had this funny this funny figure in at the bottom of my bed, this person. And he said, well, what are you talking about? And I said, well, I don't know. It looked like a, a man with a gun. He had a farm, you know, a hat on that a farmer would wear and clothes that he'd wear out. Um, in the in the farm on the on the paddocks, and he said, 
Oh, okay. Well, um, maybe I should tell you that I bought this farm about 20 years, I suppose it would have been, ago at a very reduced price because he said no one wanted the place. They, they, they shied away from it. And I said, why was that? And he said, well, the, the person that owned the farm committed suicide by shooting himself. Uh, and he said it wasn't, it wasn't really a thing that people wanted to own. Mm. So he said, I got a very reduced price, didn't worry about the story, and uh, continued on for about oh, 10, 20 years doing what I wanted on the farm. Okay, so... Your dad had lived there for 10 or 20 years, as you say, prior to you moving in? Yes, it would have been, I think it would have been roughly. Okay. So he was aware of this, the former owner who'd taken his own life there, but he had never seen him? No, he'd never seen him. He'd never told, I mean, my mother knew, but he never told the children, which we were children when he first bought it. Yeah. Um. For some reason, he wasn't a man that always spoke a lot, but uh, he didn't talk about that story. Okay. So, June, do you believe that you saw that gentleman? You saw the former owner of the farm? I do. I've just, I've never talked about it a lot, but I've just thought, oh, well, maybe he came back, assumed that um, the, the people that lived in the house were a happy family. Uh, it was, like all that time on, I just assumed, oh, he'd come to have a look and he'd gone. Okay. And prior to this, had you given any thought to the spirit world, whether it may or may not exist? What were your beliefs around that? I mean, the years before we were young, younger people, you know, we got out the, the Ouija board. Ah, did you? <laughs> <laughs> and nothing happened and we thought, oh, you know, that's rubbish. Okay. Mind you, I don't think we were very, um, uh, I don't think, you know, we thought a lot about it. We didn't go deeply into it. Okay, okay. So you'd, you'd not had an experience prior? No, I'd never, uh, no, never had anything like that at all. That's why, I, you know, I was hesitant to even write to you because I thought this is ridiculous. I've <laughs> only seen that once. <laughs> oh, it's a, no, I'm so glad you did end up writing to me. But so you didn't? really believe so you didn't believe would you say june in life after death prior to this uh no well i did but i hadn't had any experiences I okay mean, okay you know I, I did think well you know people did come back and um i'd heard where stories where people had had visits you know or flowers left or birds or butterflies oh yes yeah all those yeah lovely little signs and symbols yeah 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 and the thing was, um, we went back years ago, my husband and I, to the farm because, you know, like we moved we moved in about, oh, about 15 years, like, sorry, two years after that, three years after that, we moved because I'd had another son and my husband had gone to Perth for a job. So we moved out of the house. Okay. At, my father just kept it there and then he eventually sold it. And when we went back, I thought, oh, I'll go back. I know these people that have bought this house, this farm. Mm. So we went back and I was amazed because 
they'd knocked the old house kind of down, pulled it away to a paddock somewhere and built a lovely stone house on the same position. Right. So I thought, oh, oh, well, um, I hope, you know, the man I saw is happy and not worried about that. (laughs) Did you ask them? Did you talk to the owners and ask them if they had encountered anything? No, I didn't because I, I, you just I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I understand. You just didn't say I've seen a ghost <laughs> or I think I've seen one. And did you ever see anything like that again or experience anything uncanny again? No, never. Wow. So why do you think he showed himself to you that night? Oh, I just think he, I just really think he came back to have a look at the people that were in the house and maybe he thought, oh, well, this is okay. These people are happy. I don't know why he committed suicide. Maybe it was uh, maybe it was um, marriage breakup. I don't know whether it was uh, depression from farming mm. or, you know, a family. And I just assumed that he was happy and didn't, well, he never visited again anyone else that I know that lived there. Mm. And I have tried to find <laughs> out, and I've, I've done a little bit of research, but I'm just trying to pinpoint that um, the sale date to see if I can find it. And I'll keep you posted, June. Uh, if All right. I can, yeah. And there's one thing about, you know, depression and suicide. I think people need to seek help, yes. uh, doctors, whoever, because suicide doesn't end the pain. It just passes it on to someone else. Yes, June, and it's such a sad story that's still being repeated today and depression, yeah. as we know, so sadly is rife among farmers, especially at the moment, and yeah. um, sadly it's a reality that continues. And I guess, yeah, how do you reflect on that, that in a way what you saw continues today with modern yeah. modern farmers? It does. I often think of it when, when I hear, you know, farmers in drought and all that, I think it's very difficult. For them. Well, thank you so much for joining us, June. I'm going to finish with the question that I ask all of my guests. What do you think an encounter with the dead can teach us about living? I think it, it can teach us, as, as in suicide, please get help if you're depressed. If, if you can only see the black dog, please think of the loved ones that you leave behind because I know people that it has happened to in people's lives their families, and I just think get help as soon as you can. Yes, such a valid and important message. Thank you so much for sharing it, June. It's been an honour to have you on The Ghost Files today. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you. I want to quickly take a moment to thank the listeners who've reviewed the show. I so enjoy reading your feedback and would like to encourage you all to subscribe to The Ghost Files and leave us a review as that helps more listeners discover the show. Thank you. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? 
Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 